0: Hey, this is Devin Marquette, dating coach for smart, strong, successful women, and your personal trainer for love. Welcome back to the Love You Podcast, where you're going to learn everything you need to know about dating, relationships, sex, and men from a man's point of view. Today, we are talking about four reasons that you hate. Um, and when I do these podcasts, I'm, I'm generally pretty structured. I think this is going to be a little bit all over the place because I've got a lot of thoughts about hate and I just want to explore some of them and you know, I've got four pages of notes and I don't exactly know where I'm headed with it. But I want to start off with a relatively innocuous statement and that's that the uh, opposite of love isn't hate, it's indifference. Uh, in other words, um, you have to love some, someone or something to hate it. Right? There has to be a strong emotion evoked because otherwise you're indifferent towards it. And most things in life I'm indifferent towards. Um, I don't understand people who hate actors, for example, because what is there to hate? If you don't enjoy someone's movies, you just don't go. But I would never like go on the internet and write something mean about an actor. So hate is a really intense emotion that, that I, I think it's worth to sort of hold it up to the light and, and, and look at it through a few prisms. Um, but... It comes from emotion, it's on the flip side of, of love. And I think you'll notice that we're, we tend to be nicer to people that, that are strangers. We're nicer to, uh, to people on the street that we're giving up a seat for in, in the subway, and we're nicer to the person who, who hands us our groceries, and we're nicer to casual acquaintances and coworkers than we are to our uh, parents, than we are to our spouses. Um, I think we just take those things for granted. Politeness goes away. We, we let people see the, the real stuff deep, deep down, and sometimes that stuff is, is a little bit ugly. Um, when you know someone intimately, there's more things to hate. So from where I sit, there are four kinds of hatred, and there's probably more. Again, I didn't put that much thought into this before I wrote it. There's hatred when someone has objectively wronged you, There's hatred when someone is unintentionally hurt you. There's hatred when you envy someone who has something that you don't. And there's hatred when someone's existence feels like a direct challenge to yours. Now, I'm gonna explore all four, um, and I'll admit that I hold extreme fascination for the last two. We're gonna deal with that in the second half of the podcast. Um, But I wanna begin by talking about someone who's objectively wronged you. Um, As we've talked about before, it's hard to find true objectivity. Right? Reasonable people can disagree, but when it comes to love, emotions tend to override reason. And so what is objective? Right? Is it what you feel <laughs> is objectively true? What about what he feels? Right? Some things are pretty objectively wrong, and even then you could sort of make a case, right? Uh, you know, cheating on you, objectively wrong. Uh, verbally or physically abusing you, Objectively wrong, but most other things in relationships just—they're right, subject to interpretation. Right? It's important to understand the why. So, if my wife doesn't text me when she's running late, right? Uh, she's out with her mom, mommy friends, drinking Chardonnay or something on a Tuesday night, and uh, I don't like going to sleep when she's not home. That's the way I am. <laughs> and she fa- she fails to text me, and this happens relatively often. It's not objectively wrong. Maybe a little inconsiderate, but it's not wrong. If she disappears at a party, we go to a party, we separate, she goes away for three hours and talks to people, other people, without even talking to me at the party. It's not wrong. If your boyfriend, your boyfriend, doesn't want to go out with your friends on some given evening, it's not wrong. <laughs> if he doesn't want to have another 90 minute conversation about the state of your relationship, it's not wrong. And so, it's normal to try to, it's normal to hate someone who has wronged you, right? The person who, who knocked you down and took your purse. <laughs> it's reasonable to hate that person who objectively wronged you. It's so important that you're able to distinguish between those two kinds of hate. Has someone willfully hurt you? Aha, I'm going to try to destroy her self-esteem. Or are you just feeling hurt? over something that he did that unintentionally hurt you, right? And that's where, again, it gets, it gets messy, um, and it's almost impolitic to say, but just because you feel something doesn't mean that it accurately reflects what the rest of the world thinks. We have to have respect and tolerance for other people's opinions. Um, I think people who do this are, are, are going to be always more successful in relationships than people who don't. Uh, people who invalidate other people's points of view are gonna be very challenging, certainly politically, and in the context of a relationship to just deny someone else's feelings. So I could acknowledge that you're feeling hurt. You might even feel hurt that I'm mentioning this right now. Right? But just because I'm saying this doesn't mean you should hate me right? for challenging it. So I'm thinking of a client of mine. She's in my Love You graduate program. Um oh, what are we gonna call her today? There's her real name. Uh, we're gonna call her Laura. She had an ex-boyfriend who was a bad guy. That's a little over the top. Sounds a little more judgy than I like to be, but he was—he wasn't a good boyfriend. He was very selfish. He was very intense. It was a passionate relationship, but it was ultimately ill-fated. Uh, through my coaching, she—you know—she was able to get over him, uh, get back out there, put on her confident cap, start dating online, met a new guy uh, in the best relationship she's ever been. She's a single mom uh, in her mid-40s. So she's in a really great relationship right now. And then suddenly out of the blue, Thanksgiving-ish, she hears from the ex. And the ex, she's always kind of held a candle, a torch for the ex. So the ex comes back, hey, I was just thinking of you, I miss you, I wanna see you. And she's like, no, I, I really, I shouldn't. He's like, no, I'm, you know, she's like, I'm in a relationship. He goes, listen, I'm in a really bad place right now and I just, you know, I just want to uh, I want to be around people. And again, her heart bleeds for him. So what does she do? She invites him over to the Thanksgiving dinner that she and her boyfriend are throwing. Almost objectively, <laughs> a bad idea. And so it's short-sighted, it's misguided. Right. Could the boyfriend have had his feelings hurt? You're still in touch with this guy after all the bad things he said to you. He could have turned it into a whole ordeal based on his feelings, right? Because he's right and she's wrong. And everybody knows you don't invite the ex-boyfriend to the new boyfriend's house. And But he didn't handle it that way. He played the bigger man. And they hosted the ex-boyfriend to Thanksgiving dinner. And they got over the awkwardness really quickly. She realized why the new boyfriend was much better than the old boyfriend. right? Because he, they could have again. It could have turned into a whole thing where he forced her to disinvite him. It could have been a whole thing, right? But that was an instance where a person didn't let his personal feelings get in the way, and he didn't invalidate her feelings that she still had feelings for this guy. She cared about him as an ex, even though she had a passionate relationship with him. Right? He didn't force her to deny that. He didn't make her feel stupid. Right? This is what I mean by. Intentional versus unintentional. She unintentionally put the new boyfriend in a bad position, but he rose above it. So that's unintentional. Let's talk about another version of this. Imagine you broke up with a guy. Maybe you don't have to imagine it. Maybe you have. Nice guy. Perfectly good guy. Just not your husband. Just I dated him for one month, two months, six months. He just wasn't the one. Couldn't see myself spending the next 40 years for him. You delicately say, hey, I really care about you. I'm going to miss you. Um, there's nothing wrong. I just, I just don't feel what I'm supposed to feel to be with you for the rest of my life. Imagine a guy comes back and says, I hate you. How dare you waste a year of my life lying to me, pretending that you cared about me, saying that you love me and then dumping me like this. You're the worst person in the entire world. He's feeling hurt. Did you hurt him? Right. Did you actually hurt him or is he feeling hurt? Well, I guess you could have stayed with him for the rest of your life to be polite. Is that Would that have been better? So no, you didn't hurt him. You broke up with him because he wasn't in your future. But he feels hurt and he lashes out. That is an irrational form of hatred we don't have the right, we have the right to do whatever we want, but it doesn't make much sense to hate someone just because they don't give you what you want, right? Um, Just because your personalities don't mesh for the long term. You've probably heard the phrase, hatred is like taking poison and hoping the other person dies. (laughs) And, um, the less we can indulge in this kind of irrational hatred, the healthier we'll be, and the healthier relationships we're gonna we're gonna have. So, when we come back from the break, we're gonna talk about hatred when you envy someone who has something you don't, and hatred when someone else's existence is a direct challenge to yours. This is the Love You podcast. I'm Evan Marquez. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Love You Podcast. My name is Evan Mark Katz, dating coach for smart, strong, successful women, and we're going to learn about dating, relationships, men, sex, all that kind of good stuff. Right now, we're talking about hate. Um, why it's so often irrational. In the first half, we talked about hating someone uh, for two different reasons: uh, because he hurt you intentionally, and because, or because he hurt you unintentionally. Those are two very different things, um, and I would suggest that the latter happens a lot more than the former. Um, uh, just very logically if someone is your boyfriend he doesn't want to hurt you i mean that's uh, you have to you have to believe that uh normal sane people uh if you're together he don't he doesn't want to hurt you sometimes uh the hurt is a byproduct of just two people thinking differently or having different goals or ideas about what's appropriate but uh, on behalf of every semi sane guy on the planet i i've never met a single guy who's like I'm gonna think of a way to systematically destroy her self-esteem and just guys are not psychopaths we're just we just have different opinions sometimes than you do. So what I find more interesting and this is less relationship stuff and I'll, I'll admit that in advance is the hatred when you envy someone who has something that you don't and the hatred when someone's existence feels like a direct challenge to yours. And both of those touch me personally because I've had people hate me for both of those reasons in, in, in my opinion. And the first kind of hatred is actually tantamount to something resembling envy. Um, When you hate someone who has something that you don't. And I want to talk from personal experience, and this is somewhat embarrassing. Um, I'm really fortunate that I get to do this. Um, I'm I'm unhappy, and I I consider myself self-successful, and I've I've helped lots of people. Um, I I don't lack in in self-esteem. At the same time... All the time, I look around at other people, and I wish I had some of what they had. And so, literally, just off the top of my head, I could think of people that maybe you've you've seen, and uh, that I envy: uh, Christian Carter, Evan Pagan, Matthew Hussey, uh, Paul Carrick Brunson, Ty Lopez. These are friends of mine. I know I know all of them, and so. Again, I'm coming to terms with this, I look at these guys and they are either more financially successful or more famous or they have bigger social media followings. And I get into this place where I just say, in my head, I hate that guy. I'll hide their Facebook posts or unsubscribe from their lists, but you know what? I don't hate them at all. (laughs) All Um, They're good guys. And they're handsome guys, and they're hardworking guys, and they're successful guys, and they're helping other people, and none of them have been anything but nice to me. But when I contend with that, when I realize that there are moments where I say, I hate that guy, what I'm really saying is not that I hate them, it's that I hate me, Right? I hate me for not being better at social media. I hate me for not figuring all this stuff out at a younger age. I, fig- I hate me for not being some better businessman or something like that. So, listen, I put a lot of thought into this. I, I've lived in Los Angeles for 20 years. Um, I was in Hollywood for, for uh, the first, my, my 20s. And in Hollywood, there's always someone cuter or taller or smarter or funnier or more famous than you are. And I've, always, as I alluded to in the first part of the podcast, I've always been surprised when people hate Hollywood celebrities, right? When a celebrity screws up, and suddenly all the, the haters come out. Um, I, again, I always think as an example of, of uh, Ben Affleck, right? Um, and again, we could put aside whether, you know, he's cheated on his wife, that, that's separate. And, and, and again, that's a that's an actual reason to, to, to look down on someone. But for the most part, it's envy. He's tall and good-looking and outspoken and famous. And people just destroy the guy <laughs> um, because it feels good. It feels good to bring the big guy down to size, to participate in some sort of Freude, and, you know, ha, we've cut down the tall poppy. Um, the truth is we'd, we'd probably give a mile to walk, we'd give anything to walk a mile in someone like Someone like Ben Affleck's shoes. Um, The guy lives, lives a charmed life, but we want to cut him down to size. And that's the way it works. I don't know if this is an American thing. if This is universal. But in Hollywood movies, the bad guy is usually the guy who went to Harvard, the guy who drives a nice car, the guy who's impossibly good looking. Now, he may or may not be a bad guy, but we want to see him get his. We want to root for the underdog. We want to root for the little guy. We want to take down the person who's at the top um somehow this makes us feel superior so when i ask you sincerely because i just admitted it to you have you ever mistaken envy for hatred (laughs) like i have had a moment where i said i hate that guy i realized i didn't so do you hate the young girl or the thin girl the rich girl the happily married one with the pictures of her beautiful kids up on facebook Do you ever have a moment of hate just because that person seems to have a better thing going than you do? Um, I think it's important for you to realize that it's not real hate, or it shouldn't be real hate. It's actually envy. And it's important for you to know the difference. The next thing I want to talk about um, is the idea that we hate other people for simply existing. (laughs) And I never thought about this before. And I'm kind of worried she's going to see this, but I'll bring it up anyway. Um... I thought about this in relation to my mother-in-law. Um, she doesn't hate me, um, I don't think. But I think she resents me. And this is, this is a little deep for a podcast, but I'm an atheist. Uh, she's Catholic. And I know that, that uh, what, what's been passed, she doesn't say anything like this to me. But what I've sort of ascertained from my wife is that I think she feels resentful of me just because I don't believe what she does. And therefore, she thinks that I'm looking down on her or laughing at her. Just, just the fact that I exist, right, denies her worldview, right? Because if she believes something and I don't, then somehow, right, it's in denial of her entire worldview. Um, my existence as an atheist is, is uh, an affront to her Catholicism, but I don't see her Catholicism as an affront to my atheism, if that makes any sense. I see this all the time when people write nasty things on my blog. I'm not going to go so far to say that, that the people who write nasty things envy me. But I do think that my existence is uh, a threat to them. If you are the kind of person who believes that all men are bad, I'm a threat. And if you, wanna, you are the kind of person who believes that online dating is the worst, then I'm a threat. If you want to believe that marriage is a failing institution, I'm a threat. So... In my opinion, people hate me and people like me, largely because my existence disproves their entire worldview. <laughs> right? I see people through online dating successes all the time. I am a happily married man and I know lots of happily married men. Um, uh, it's important to know that just because I preach positivity, right, doesn't mean that I'm always right and that the people who are negative are always wrong. But I think it's really hard if you're in a negative place to look at people who are positive. It's easy to just try to cut them down and insult them and attack them. Um, but you're attacking from a place of emotion. It's not from a place of, of logic. All right? I'm a guy who works from home. Uh, uh, I give away all this stuff for free. Um, I believe in online dating. I believe in equality between the sexes. I believe in monogamy. I'm definitely not anybody's enemy. And yet... On the internet it's a very emotional place some of the things that i say right, just the very existence that there's a, a dating coach for men who tells women how to be more successful how dare he the problem is men right he's patronizing or misogynist just for giving women any advice whatsoever he's a he's a mansplainer my very existence is a cause for hatred um and Listen, it's, I could understand why it's hard to take that. If, I, if, if any of the things I said indicted you, the first reaction might be, I hate that fucking guy. <laughs> it could be the first reaction. is, No, I hate you because of what you're saying right now. He's so smug. He's so arrogant. He's, you know, he acts like you know, it, it, I'm doing something wrong. In fact, it's everybody else. I think it's easy to defend that worldview, right? But the reason that you do it is because it's harder to admit the other side of the story, Right? which again is not the only side, but to admit the other side, which is that being negative, hating men, hating online dating, hating random dating coaches in, in the internet is not an effective strategy for finding love. It's not empowering. It's not useful. It's not attractive. Right? It's, it's much easier to lash out than it is to look in the mirror. And that's for all of us. And again, that's what I've already candidly admitted. So no one's going to tell you this stuff <laughs> because as my wife says, you're the kind of person who tells people that there's no Santa Claus and then you wonder why people react to the way they do. I know that this isn't easy to hear, but I think it's important. If you're anything like me, your hate comes from a measure of insecurity, from not feeling good enough, from feeling envious. Um, and I also believe that it's something that with some measure of self-awareness and humility, it's something that you can overcome. So thank you for exploring hate with me on this podcast. My name is Evan Mark Katz. Next week, we're going to talk about the challenges of being an introvert when it comes to dating. Um, If you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to hit the subscribe button, uh, follow me on Facebook and Twitter, and go to www.evanmarkkatz.com. Give me your name and email address, and I will send you free dating and relationship advice forever. Talk to you soon. Thanks a lot.